Yo, CEO, tell co-CEO, it's time to rethink everything you know, CEO. Yeah, the world is going digital. The cloud is going to bridge it all for relevance. You elephants have got to be less rigid, y'all. So, CEO, go, go, CEO. In the future, it's the fast that eat the slow, don't you know? Oh, you got to be prepared. There are challenges aplenty. So pull up a chair. This is Telco in 20. I'm Danielle Royston, and this is Telco in 20. Yo, yo, welcome to Telco in 20. I'm Danielle Royston. You can call me DR. I am so excited about this episode. Forrest Brazil is our guest and also this episode's resident rap master. He's a total badass and completely awesome. This episode is part of a three-part series called Liftoff. Hopefully you listened to my last episode with Troy O'Brien, which was how to take a large IT estate and start moving it to the public cloud. Today, we're going to talk about what happens next. Forrest wrote an article for a cloud guru that I totally love called the lift and shift shot clock. A shot clock is a great analogy because I think a lift and shift migration is just a ticking time bomb. You're in the game, which is great, but if you don't use your time wisely and squander the opportunity, you're totally hosed. So I wanted to talk with Forrest about the problems of lift and shift. Let's take 20. So let me introduce Forrest. He is an AWS serverless hero. He worked at an enterprise software company named Infor, where he helped them transition from on-premise installations to building a SaaS platform on AWS, which is very similar to what I was trying to do at Optiva. There are tons of videos of him on YouTube. He's singing, he's drawing. He is a cloud architect, writer, speaker, and cartoonist. Hello. But that leaves off one impressive thing. He's also an author. His book is called The Read Aloud Cloud, and it's available wherever books are sold. Our guest today is Forrest Brazil. Hey, thanks so much, Danielle. It's uh, great to be here on the show. So I've been cyber-stalking you in order to get ready for our chat. I found out you're a rapper too, and I challenged you to a cloud rap battle that we're going to do at the end of our interview, which is crazy and super fun. This is going to be interesting for sure. I, I would not call myself a rapper. I would call myself someone who <laughs> deliberately humiliates himself uh, in order to make technical points. And, and that's kind of how I got started with that. And, and it, seems to, it seems to resonate with people. So I am more than happy to spit ridiculous bars in the service of the cloud. That's awesome. So that's a good segue into my very first question, which is like, how are you so cool? I realized a few years ago, I really wanted to bring in some of those other aspects of my personality. And I remember I was out in Austin, Texas, speaking at serverless conf. Um, and I decided yep. to end that talk with a rap, uh, just like a spoken word rap, yep. but nobody knew who I was. Um, but that's honestly one of the best things I've ever done for my career. Now we don't know each other at all. No. This is the first time we've ever really spoken. Um, I found you cause I follow a guy by the name of Corey oh, Quinn Quinny Pig on Twitter. He's hilarious. And he retweeted an essay you wrote. It was called The Lift and Shift Shot Clock. And I loved it because what I've been doing in my work, um, I was the CEO of a publicly traded company in Canada that was attempting to pivot our software from on-premise, old school, bare metal to being uh, cloud native. The whole idea that it's a ticking time bomb when people move their stuff to the public cloud. Let's start there. And why do people lift and shift in the first place? 
there's so many reasons why that makes sense as your first step into the cloud. I mean, even leaving aside the fact that you may have a data center that's on fire or servers mm-hmm. that are haunted, at least it's expiring, <laughs> right? Where you have to get out now and who cares about what it looks like. And, and leaving aside, you may have uh, applications that you don't control. Like you might be running SAP or something and yep. you don't really have the option to re-architect it, right? Mm-hmm. So there's all yeah. kinds of considerations people have that are totally separate from whether or not they're going to re-architect to a cloud native model. Even besides that there's reasons to lift and shift. I mean, if I have a whole bunch of people on my team who've been running on-premise applications for 10, 15, maybe even 20 years, I'm not going to be able to flick a switch and turn them all into cloud experts overnight. And it might be a good idea for me to go and get my feet wet gradually in the cloud Mm -hmm. by running in a milieu that I'm halfway familiar with, right? Let my ops teams figure that out a little bit. I might want to do some of what we sometimes call financial engineering, where I say, I I'd like to figure out exactly what I'm spending on infrastructure that was so obscured in the data center because I had these CapEx things and I was making commitments totally. 18 months, two years out. Maybe I'm going to take these servers, I'm going to lift and shift them into the cloud, and now at least I can start to get a little bit better sense of how my usage is tied to my cost. Now I can take that back to my finance team and say, hey, look at how much we're spending on these massive over-provisioned, you know, I don't know, AWS i-series instances. Yeah. I'd much rather go and run something on containers and, and match my usage even more closely to what I'm spending. Mm-hmm. And, and so people do that. And I think folks have the right idea. They have the, the right uh, intent when they take those initial steps. The problem comes, as you were saying, when you get to the cloud via lift and shift and then you stop. Yep. Yeah. And so I tend to work with telco companies and they have like probably 500 enterprise, 600 enterprise software applications running in their data centers, right? I mean, one thing I don't think people really understand about telco is that they're really like 25 years behind the rest of the world. I mean, they're like really, really behind the curve here. What would you tell people to plan for and and do before they push the first button to spin up their first instance? That's a great question. So, you know, there's only so much you can do before you actually move. I mean, what's the Mike Tyson quote? Everybody has a plan until they get punched in the mouth. (laughs) Exactly. That that first server that you move into the cloud is going to be a a nasty wake-up call potentially. Um, But what I would encourage that you do, you know, don't necessarily spend years and years planning to try to get your cloud migration exactly right before you move to the cloud. That's how you end up with this tire kicking kind of approach where you're a couple years in and you say you've adopted the cloud, but really all you've done is just throw five test servers up into EC2. It's you like know? analysis paralysis, right? Just Exactly. It's exactly what it is. So I, I would say find some quick wins. But once you've got those initial workloads into the cloud, you've got to think a little bit about, you know, what are the teams going to do that are supporting these applications? You've got to find a way to, of course, train them so they understand mm-hmm. the cloud. So, so you've got to make sure that you've got the operational competency built up around the cloud. So make sure you've got the training, make sure you've got the ops, what we sometimes call SRE, site mm-hmm. reliability engineering. Mm-hmm. And then third, you want to make sure you've got good governance in place. To be clear, these are not points in any particular order, like they're all important. Um, so you, you want to make sure that you can actually charge back, you know, what people are spending. You want to make sure you've got things like tagging. Uh, you just, you know, if you continue to run the cloud like a data center, you're going to find that it's very, very expensive because you're renting servers instead of owning them. Um, and the only way to address that is to understand who's spending what, and then you can start reducing it over time. Yeah, it's a whole new area of skills that usually is not developed within these 
older organizations that haven't really adopted this this new technology. And so people get sort of that sticker shock on their bill because they're Exactly surprised. right. I, I can't tell you how many times, we, you know, you fast forward two years and the execs are saying, I thought the cloud was supposed to save me money, right? I know, exactly. You know? But if you continue to run with the legacy mindset, that, that very quickly will not be true. And, and now you've just got a new set of legacy procedures and practices that you're paying cloud prices for. And so in your article, you kind of give it about 18 to 24 months. And to be clear, like that's not a hard and fast timeline. I mean, people go through this process at all different stages, but I do find that that two-year threshold seems to be remarkably accurate. Correct. That's when people's internal clocks start going off. And if you're not seeing success, your cloud experts say, you know what, it's been two years. If we haven't made progress by now, we're never going to, I'm going to go take a job across town somewhere where they know what they're doing. That's something that a lot of people don't talk about too much is the HR implications. And I think you've brought it up in two ways, which is the training required to make sure your teams are ready to deal with these new tools. I think your second part about like, okay, we've lifted and shifted. It's all this new technology. It's really exciting, but like you're treating the public cloud more like a real estate. It's like place to run things. When you start to get this brain drain of like your good people start to leave and go work at other organizations that are doing it better where they can learn. I think that's definitely true. I I mean, I was always one of these people who thought of myself as quick to learn and I didn't need formalized training. So I would just go out and Google things and figure it out on my own, right? But what surprised me to realize is I actually needed training as much as anybody else, only it wasn't for me, it was for the rest of the organization. So the solution to that is of course to, you know, push out training and and certification to to your entire team but also to take those experts and embed them with the teams and help them to skill up. And then you move on and you embed with a different group. Do you see portions of teams creating those te- that expertise around pricing and optimizing costs or? You know, forget teams. We see entire companies, entire startups uh, that have spun off to handle this problem. You know, people who make it their life's work, like Corey Quinn, who you mentioned earlier. But we do see internal teams that do this. And the discipline is called FinOps. I mean, you have to stay on top of it. I mean, that pricing, I mean, I, I like to call it the cloud wars between the hyperscalers. Like they're constantly trying to change their pricing to attract the different people to use their cloud. And so it changes. And so what was optimized and efficient six months ago or a year ago may have changed around dedicated instances or bring your own license or instance sizes and things like that. And so I think the people who do it really well really are managing their cost and making sure their their people are really understanding how that all works. So I think it's super cool. I love that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I'll say one thing more there, which is, so you want to have people who who really do focus on that because they can drive the organization's, uh, you know, seriousness about that issue. Um, but it, it, to some extent, cost optimization becomes everyone's job, especially within the technical organization, but really even beyond to places like finance and places like support. Uh, Because as you were just saying, you know, this whole cloud cost conundrum is so ramifying and it's so complicated. You really want everyone to have in the back of their mind, you know, am I making decisions here that are going to set the company up for success uh, financial health wise? Uh, When you have the ability to spin up instances and resources, you have the ability to make those changes. You know, to some extent you want to instill in everyone one good practices there. Someone has to be controlling the purse strings or it does become really expensive really quickly. Yeah, exactly. There's a honeymoon period that ends quickly when that first huge surprise bill lands out of nowhere. It's really <laughs> the surprises that get you, right? It's not even the cost. It's not being able to forecast what the cost is going to be. Um, well, we wanted to end 
on a rap battle. I can't believe I signed myself up to do this because <laughs> I cannot me. sing. But anyways, yeah. we wanted to go along with your Read Aloud Cloud um, book. And so the rules were the rap had to be about the other person. Um, we agreed to use five words in our rap. These are hard words. Cloud, legacy, TikTok, transformation, and buzzer. Those are like the five words. And so I... I want to go first because <laughs> there's no way I'm going to follow Forrest. Mine is set to the tune of, again, I'm old, uh, Vanilla Ice's Ice Ice Baby. <laughs> oh, my word. All right. <laughs> so, all right. So I'm calling it Cloud Cloud Baby. <laughs> so, okay. All right. So here we go. All right. <clears throat> Let me clear my throat here. All right. Stop. Collaborate and listen. Forrest is super at transformations. His book grabs a hold of me tightly. Read it to my kids daily and nightly. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Trump and TikTok coming to blows. To the extreme, he rocks a mic like a vandal. Step up on stage and wax cloud on a panel. Forrest is a speaker that booms. Lift and shift is a ticking mushroom. Deadly when you migrate legacy. Anything less than the cloud is a felony. Love it or leave it. You better make way. Eye on the buzzer. Cloud won't pay. If there's a problem, Forrest will Draw it, check out his book while the DJ revolves it. Cloud, cloud, baby, come on, come on. There we go. Oh, that's awesome. You got bars. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, my, mine is, is shorter than yours. You, you have definitely vanquished me in terms of the number of, of bars that you've laid down. So I'm going to have to uh, see what I can do here. All right. Should we go for it? Go let's for give it. it a try. Yeah. Okay. So it's kind of in a triplet feel. So let's see if we can get into it. Uh, okay. Uh, here we go. She's beaten the buzzer because her perspective is lately a greatly much needed corrective to legacy apathy trap in the industry. Without cloud, they'll never begin to see transformation, innovation. Telco's down. Y'all knows our race and stagnation, but not on her watch. She's checking her clock. If you're not going digital, well, tick tock. That is awesome. Now that's hard because you did it fast. <laughs> Barry Lynn Manuel Miranda of you. That's I mean, can I I want to print out and I'm gonna I'm gonna hang it on my wall. I'm gonna I, I will I will send you whatever that was and you can do with that it whatever you awesome. choose. How about that? So so thank you, Forrest. Um we're real like I said, we're super excited about your new book, They'll Read Aloud Cloud. And we wanted to do something really nice for, for Forrest. And so we're putting out a little offer for the first hundred telco people who DM me on Twitter, their company name and shipping address. Send it to TelcoDR. My DMs are open. I'll send you a free book. What? Yes. That's awesome. Totally. No. That is amazing. No, totally. Right? Get you going. Right? Like, I'm sure you're going to sell out. So dibs on a hundred of them. Telco, folks, you got to represent here. This is amazing. Isn't that super cool? Right? I I think it's really cool. So Forrest, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today and for our awesome rap battle. I am clearly not Eminem, so I will keep my day job for now. Hang tight because we're ending each podcast with the Telco in 20 takeaway. I have 20 seconds to tell you about something you need to know. We've been talking with Forrest about refactoring your applications. During Google Cloud Next on air conference, Google dropped 57 sessions. I actually went and counted it on how to modernize your applications. The content covered everything from mainframes to games, using Anthos, super techie stuff, and stuff that's more business focused. Go listen. When you get there, check out the session called Accelerating App Development and Delivery the Modern Way. I'll be sure to put a link to the talk in the show notes. 
A huge thanks to Forest Brazil and thank you to all our listeners. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button, share our podcast with your colleagues, and let's connect on LinkedIn and on Twitter at TelcoDR. Also sign up for our email newsletter at telcodr.com. That's T-E-L-C-O-D-R.com. We've included that link in our episode resources. And you can text me too at 925-TELCO-DR. Later, nerds. Later, nerds.